Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation is driven by one goal, housing affordability for all. They're about solving housing affordability together. CMHC offers supply-oriented programs, funding programs, market intelligence, research, data, and a team dedicated to push the boundaries of housing innovation. Visit cmhc.ca to learn more about how you can play a role in their ambitious goal that by 2030, everyone in Canada has a home that they can afford and meets their needs. CMHC helps make housing affordable in many ways. Learn more about Canada's national housing strategy, funding, research, and so much more at cmhc.ca. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to another episode of On The Way Home. I am one of your hosts, Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door. And as always, I am joined by the captain of communications, Stefania. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, you know what? The, the sun is out. Uh, it's looking very much like a Tudo summer. I don't have a lot to complain about. I really, you know, for the longest time, that light at the end of the tunnel uh, was very, very dim, and, and now it's brightening, so uh, things are looking up. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm first dose, looking, hoping to get news soon about getting a second dose, but I think um, I'm just excited that, like, more and more of my family members who are at risk are second dose now, which is really important. And uh, I think, you know, as well, like, I feel like the work is about to begin for us too in the sector, you know, with the impending election coming and uh, that we're all sort of buzzing and waiting to hear more about, as well as, you know, folks dealing with evictions and folks dealing with uh, finding housing and a hot, hot summer. Yeah, I think it's like, a lot of optimism and silver linings, but I feel like work is getting cut out for us too. Absolutely. You talked about voting. I mean, people, elections are on people's minds, but there's a, mm -hmm. a new um, type of vote you can do. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, love to plug away. So I encourage everyone to check out votehousing.ca and pledge to vote housing. We are basically becoming like one of the country's largest nonpartisan, of course, which is really, really important and key, nonpartisan um, campaigns where we are really just asking voters to pledge to vote housing in the election. Uh, so basically asking candidates and all parties uh, what their views are in housing and homelessness, what their commitments are. We kind of outline a few policies we hope to see reflected, but really at the end of the day, it's just about making solutions to these two crises like top of mind. Very cool. And speaking of solutions, today we are joined by not one, not two, but three friends from CMHC uh, who are working hard at solutions to end homelessness to meet a goal that they put out, a very audacious goal they threw out there. So we're, we're joined today by uh, Ramya, who's a senior specialist in housing research, Carlos, who's a senior analyst in economics, and Anne-Marie, who's a senior specialist research and innovation 
and who also is responsible for the NHS Demonstration Initiative. So welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Really excited to be here. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you, folks. Michael and I are really excited. And you guys are actually the first uh, to have the first podcast that we've ever had three people. So we're really, really excited to have so many great minds in the room. Um, and I think folks in general, especially our listeners, would be excited to learn more about the National Housing Strategy Demonstrations Initiative, uh, the Community Land Trust and Land Assembly Solutions for Affordable Housing. Uh, so to start off, can you tell us what that is and what do folks get out of it? Yes, of course. Thanks, Stefania. So the Demonstrations Initiative is one of the National Housing Strategy and Innovation Programs. It supports projects that aim to demonstrate a solution that supports housing affordability and national housing strategy priority areas and population groups. So those are projects that show how such solutions are implemented in specific conditions, projects uh, that provide evidence on benefits and outcomes, and who develop tools to foster adoption, transfer, or adaptation in different contexts to expand the scope of impact. So what it means is that the initiative is very different from uh, other programs who are focusing on capital or seed funding, but it can be connected to complementary funding or programs provided by CMHC or external groups. So uh, $2 million is available in funding for this edition of the demonstrations initiative with funding for successful projects ranging from $100,000 to a maximum of $250,000 per project. With these funds, uh, participants can undertake a diversity of activities like testing or piloting a new approach to community land trusts or land assembly solutions, documenting its performance and benefits based on evidence, including outcomes for expected beneficiaries, users, and adopters. They can highlight promising housing affordability solutions, build awareness and appetite to adopt and scale them. They can show in a very tangible way how to implement their solutions uh, by supporting knowledge transfer, capacity building activities, developing uh, scaling approaches and implementing them. So obviously one project doesn't have to do all of this. Uh, applicants can select which activities best meet their needs and the best suited activities would depend on where they are uh, in the development uh, of their solution. Uh, I should say that in addition to the demonstrations activities undertaken by the selected projects that will get funded, CMHC itself will also highlight funded projects through various platforms, uh, virtual webinars, housing knowledge center as appropriate. We will also connect all funded projects through at least one activity. Uh, with the intent for them to build synergies, exchange uh, knowledge and build uh, collaborations. And we also foster uh, connections through a virtual community of practice. Wow, sounds amazing. We are big fans here at On The Way Home of Community Land Trust. Um, maybe you could help us by painting a picture of the uh, Community Land Trust Canadian landscape. What does it look like? Sure, I can do that. Um, so in Canada, community land trusts still have a relatively small footprint. So there are about 20 to 30 community land trusts with quite a few located in BC, actually, and some in Quebec and Ontario. 
Um, there are they do have a presence in other parts of the country, but that's where they're mostly concentrated. And uh, BC, of course, has has the most number of community land trusts in Canada, which is which is really an interesting area for us to research as well. Like why why is there this regional disparity in terms of uh, more uh, density of community land trusts in certain parts of the country versus others? Um, so broadly, there are three types of community land trusts. So there's the community led. There's the sector-led, and then there's the publicly-based community land trust. So the community-led community land trusts have their roots in the American civil rights movement. So the first one was established in Georgia in 1969 called New Communities, Inc. Um, and this really started as a movement to provide African-Americans living in the South access to affordable housing, but also to farmland to make them more self-sustainable. Um, and usually the, the, some of the key features of these land trusts are that they, they of course have community control, they're built from a grassroots initiative, and they typically keep uh, open membership within the community. So if you're typically part of the community, you would have the opportunity to be a member of these community land trusts. Um, a Canadian example of this is the Hogan's Alley Community Land Trust. This was formed to create a community-led vision for redeveloping uh, a neighborhood that was called Hogan's Alley uh, before the city of Vancouver implemented an urban renewal program and displaced those residents. So this is really a very strong example of a community organizing to ensure that you know, there's community stewardship of the land. Um, and so they also have plans for a mixed use, mixed income development. So the second type of CLT is the sector-based CLT, and these were first established in the 1970s to preserve affordable types of housings of cooperative housing specifically. Um, and these are typically owned or controlled by organizations in the nonprofit sector that hold land for a special for a social purpose rather than controlled by community members. So that's that makes it different from a community-led CLT. Um, and their growth really occurred during a time when there was increased retrenchment of government intervention and government investment in social housing. So um, some of the key features of, of these CLTs are that they're sector focused, of course, they, they typically have a development orientation and they also have limited membership. So they're not just open to all community members like a community led CLT. Um, and one example of this in Canada is the Community Land Trust in Vancouver, which is um, controlled by the Cooperative Housing Federation of BC, and they own more than 2,600 homes. Um, they have an innovative partnership with the city of Vancouver, where they, uh, the city entered into 99-year leases with the CLT over multiple sites. And so the land trust is, is entrusted more with the designing, the building, and the operating of the housing. Um, and they have a portfolio approach, which is really interesting, which means that essentially they have multiple buildings that can kind of cross subsidize each other. Um, and the last example of the CLT, which is less, much less common, is the publicly based CLT. So these are set up through government legislation, which oversees public policy implementation related to both the, both the, both the land and the housing management. Um, their membership is, is quite a bit limited to government-appointed board of directors. And of course, the government also monitors decisions and coordinates the setting up of the CLT. Um, and an example of that is actually the Toronto Island CLT, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. Um, so yeah, these are the broad categories of CLTs, but I think it's really important to also note that not all CLTs fall neatly into each of these categories. So some of them could be like an amalgamation of, of you know, a couple of the types. So I'll give you an example of that as well. So the Milton Park community in Montreal is actually a combination of a grassroots-led CLT, which consists of 15 housing cooperatives and seven nonprofit organizations. So um, as you can see, you know, it, it really started off as a grassroots movement, but in, it involved uh, sector-based communities as well. So, um, so this is kind of a mix of the first two categories. Yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much it when it comes to uh, the types of CLTs.
Um, yeah, thank you for painting such an excellent picture um, across Canada of what's happening. And as a resident of Vancouver, BC, I'm such a huge fan of Hogan's Alley and seeing where that work is taking them and just knowing how long that they've been fighting for that space that was taken from them. So thank you for that. Um, and I'm just wondering if one of you can talk to us about where some of the opportunities for innovation might be when it comes to these, um, these projects. So I think I, I want to jump in and, and try to tackle the question. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to talk about some of the areas of innovation that could be explored by CLTs uh, through, the, through this uh, demo initiative organized by CMHC. Now, just as a qualifier, CMHC is not really prescriptive in terms of uh, defining a specific innovation no, in the context of the demo lab. Uh, it's up to the applicants now to explain where applicable, um, what is innovation now in relation to their own approach. And, 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 and it will be up to the um, selection committee to evaluate. However, there could be a, you know, a really diversity of areas that could be explored now. But one, one comment that I can share is that, uh, you know, the gap between income and rent levels is growing. So we, we really need to find a creative way to to make housing more affordable for all communities. And of course, for those groups uh, that are uh, most uh, vulnerable in Canada. So one key factor that uh, can come from CLTs is that this model can help with the delivery of affordable housing in perpetuity. And I want to highlight perpetuity. Now, although uh, CLTs are not new uh, in themselves, uh, they are not widely adopted in Canada, as uh, Ryan explained to us. So there is there is space uh, for new ideas and, and opportunities that would help uh, addressing this big opportunity, uh, affordability challenge that we are facing in today. Now, uh, CLT uh, models could address uh, at some level, uh, for example, the unwanted impacts from financialization and gentrification. Um, the loss of affordable housing units in prime locations is an issue that uh, that deserves more attention. Now, it would also be interesting uh, to see uh, how CLTs can avoid segregation. Segregations can result in, in, in social issues such as you know discrimination or exclusion instead of uh, what we want, which is uh, community integration. Now, uh, to address uh, high costs of uh, deep affordable housing uh, units, uh, CLTs could look into innovative partnerships or synergies to make the models perhaps uh, more sustainable or less uh, dependent on subsidies. Uh, perhaps also looking into innovative partnerships with impact investors, lenders, uh, or municipalities. This is possible to make them all attractive to all. Now, it would also uh, be interesting to see uh, community involving, involvement looking to help those that are most in need, but at the same time, try to find a better balance and integration with, uh, with the private, private market, perhaps uh, exploring ways to find uh, a better mix between market, affordable, and shelter housing. We're aware that this balance could be different on a province or a city level, but uh, just wanted to, to highlight this. Now, Finally, in the demonstrations initiative, is 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 it's important to give priority to those CLTs or land assembly solutions that are designed or are considering considering integrating some components to meet the specific needs of the national housing strategy priority population groups, such as in the UNOS people, racialist groups. So there is there is here a space for uh, human oriented uh, innovation or component. Now, at the end of the day. Um, the communities and, and partners 
are, are, are best uh, suited or placed to assess uh, uh, their needs and propose solutions that work in their specific context now. So innovation can come in, in various and uh, unexpected ways and forms. So we are looking forward to, to see demonstration coming from, from the ground level. That, that will be all, thank you. Thanks, Carlos. That's very, very helpful. Now, I have a question for Anne-Marie, and it relates to CMHC's goal. There's a, a very uh, inspirational and aspirational 2030 goal for CMHC. Can you tell us more about that? And as well, how does this initiative connect to it? Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart. Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Thank you, Michael. So yes, CMH's goal that everyone in Canada uh, can have a house that meets their needs is uh, very exciting and also very ambitious. And uh, the Demonstrations Initiative has a role uh, to reach that goal along with uh, uh, several other programs initiative. And it, uh, the, its intent is really to leverage innovative ideas from the sector because we think that people on the ground know what they need and are best placed to provide the creative solutions that that uh, that reflects their specific needs in their own context. Much of the national housing strategy includes programs to encourage construction and repair of affordable housing, and this is generating great results. But since there is no silver bullet to tackle housing needs, and because we need new approaches, partnerships, and solutions that can be tested, scaled up, and shared with others across the country, that's where the demonstration initiative come into play. When we look at the breadth uh, of the challenge and the growing housing needs, uh, we reflected and uh, decided to take a new, uh, a different approach with the initiative. Since we launched in 2018, uh, the initiative had highlighted new approaches to urban Aboriginal social housing, creating affordable and dependent housing for people with intellectual disabilities, to name a few. But with this round starting 2021, we decided to focus our open call competitive process on specific thematics uh, with high potential for the sector with the intent to spur wider impact. For instance, this round by focusing on community land trust or land assembly solutions, we invite people to present 
a diversity of ideas and solutions, but that can speak to each other, that can connect and exchange their lessons learned and best practices. So the intent by adopting this approach is that we would bring together a larger group of problem solvers and solution implementers around the defined topic area, those who will offer the solution, those who will use it, the intended beneficiaries, hubs and networks that can expand the scope of impact, and of course, decision makers. And at the end of the day, we hope that that focus we are taking will spur greater exchanges and collaboration around the topic area, incentivizing innovation and adoption around it. This is all such helpful uh, information, Emery. I mean, I think the, the listeners are going to get a lot out of it. You'll get a lot of applicants, but I think alarm bells probably went off in their heads when they heard the word funding. We always get excited about that, that not only are you looking for new ideas to prevent an end homelessness, but there's some funding around it, around this one. Um, can you share some of the details? Who can apply? How does the process work? Yes, of course. Uh, we are really excited about, <laughs> about seeing applications coming and being submitted through this process. First, I should highlight that this round, as I mentioned, does focus on community land trust types of solutions. But since we're asking for innovations, we also accept other types of land assembly solutions as eligible. So those are would be other models or approaches for acquiring, holding, and managing land for affordable housing developments for the benefit of local communities. Uh, those could be, for instance, land assembly for affordable housing led by public agencies, uh, hosted on indigenous managed lands or led by municipalities, as long as it focuses on housing affordability, right? What's interesting is that we, we have three streams uh, where applicants can submit their project. They need to select the one which uh, best meet their needs. So I'll talk a bit about these. The, the journey stream is a, a stream where people can demonstrate the process of implementing their community land trust or land assembly solution. Those groups will be earlier in the process of uh, developing a solution. And the stream will allow them to test their solution. Eventually, they can even uh, use the funding to refine their approach by engaging with stakeholders in their region and area to ensure that all the pieces are in place for a successful implementation. Then we have the dissemination stream, which aims to support CLTs or uh, groups collaborating on land assembly who have already implemented their solution. So in their case, uh, the funding can be used to document what worked, which are the critical conditions for success, uh, build new evidence on the outcomes of their initiatives in terms of uh, expanding housing affordability, meeting the specific needs of uh, the communities they serve, and hence increase awareness, knowledge, acceptance, and interest for adoption. And then we have one last stream, which is the scaling stream. This is a stream for teams who have expertise in community land trust and assembly solutions, and who want to engage with collaborators to transfer, adapt, replicate, or scale the approach. And this could take various shapes and forms. The scaling stream can allow people to use the funding to either develop a scaling model if they don't have already one. And for those who already have a scaling strategy developed in mind, they can use the funding to simply implement it with an extended network of collaborators. So uh, at the end of the day, 
when we take this approach, we hope to build a portfolio of solutions. Uh, CMHE aims to fund at least one project in each stream, provided the, that they meet the required score to be recommended for funding. And at the end of the day, we hope to build a diverse portfolio of solutions, which would be at various stages of the implementation and scaling process for the sector to have a view over the various stages, challenges, lessons learned, and recommended practices. And which outcomes is the program aiming to support? Well, uh, there are various. Uh, we hope that uh, those projects will provide new evidence on community land trust and land assembly approaches, how they impact beneficiary populations and housing affordability, and that evidence can then be make, uh, made available to decision makers. Uh, we hope that the initiative will support uh, greater partnerships and collaborations between community groups. Those groups engage in uh, developing land assembly solutions stakeholder collaborations opportunities. And we hope also that this might include maybe non-traditional actors, new types of collaborative models. Uh, in terms of outcomes, uh, we hope to see increased interest and appetite for adoption of land assembly solutions and community land trust types of solutions, again, based on evidence provided. And uh, we hope that people will have more information about when and where uh, those solutions work best, which are the critical conditions for success, how to ensure that the solution design is adequate considering the context of implementation and the needs of populations. And we hope to see an increased transfer of knowledge and capacity in the housing sector to equip various groups who might be interested in implementing such solutions. Well, that's really helpful to know. And uh, we always like to end uh, our interviews with a, sort of a call to action or at very least sending our listeners uh, somewhere they can go. So where can people find out more about this opportunity? Certainly, they can uh, consult CMHC's website for the National Housing Strategy Demonstrations Initiative, and they can also connect with our team at innovation-research at cmhc.gc.ca. Well, it's been amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Anne-Marie, Carlos, Ramya, for joining us, for informing us. I hope we get all sorts of applications and some really, really amazing innovation that comes out of this. I'm sure you will. Uh, we appreciate you joining the show today. And now we're going to let you get back to work because I know you have a lot to do. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks thank so you. much. So exciting times, eh, Steph? I mean, uh, like I said, you know, we're in the process right now, uh, Habitat and Bluedor are working on a community land trust uh, in the GTA. It's already established, but they wanted to, instead of doing a new one for York Region, we're talking about expanding that out. The mayor of Newmarket loves this idea, says, you know, I, I'm often able to, I, I can secure some housing from developers, et cetera. I just don't know where to, I, I need somewhere to steer them to and when, where it could be open for all sorts of service providers and community land trusts speak to that. So we're excited about this funding and this opportunity as I'm sure uh, so many organizations and individuals across Canada are. Yeah, I, I think it's exciting. And you know how I feel about it, you know, as a, especially as a former co-op resident, how important it is to have these kind of alternative, deeply affordable housing stock uh, established and built. And I think it's really exciting that we're, we're looking to innovate in the housing sector. So I really hope folks check it out and, and get some funding to get these projects going. 
Absolutely. And if you think, hey, if you're thinking you're, you're an avid listener and you're like, hey, this is the second time you've um, done a podcast around community land trust, it's because they work and we need to, <laughs> this is a, a proven way. And uh, as you heard Ram, you say, there, there's a few different ways of uh, going about this. So let's let's get on this, uh, listeners and, and uh, friends of the podcast. Let's apply. Let's look for that funding. Let's work together to prevent and end homelessness. After all, that's a large part of what this podcast is all about. Don't you think, Steph? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, Michael, thank you so much for inviting them on. I think it was really great. It was exciting to manage three folks on the call. That was very seamless. So yeah, it was good times. <laughs> that is because they are extremely organized there, mm -hmm. uh, as they always are at the Canadian Housing <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mortgage Corporation. Thanks so much. We will see you next week. Hi, I'm Joel McLeod, co-host of the 905er podcast. The 905 is one of the most diverse and densely populated regions of Canada. Four and a half million of us live, work, and play in the area surrounding Toronto. That's more people in the 905 than actually live in Toronto. Each election, the 905 decides who forms our government at both the provincial and federal levels. So why isn't more attention being focused on us here in the 905? We're looking to change that. My co-hosts, Roland Tanner and I, tell the stories that define what we are calling the most important region in Canada. Each week, we bring to your attention news, culture, and issues that make up what it means to be a 905er. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Or you can visit us at 905er.ca to subscribe. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.